Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I speak to musician and producer extraordinaire Adrian Sherwood, and it's a wonderful chat. Um, the on-new sound system uh, is going as strong as ever, and, and we talk about that. We talk about um, how Adrian got involved in DJing at a very young age. Um, we spoke, we, we touch on the fact that um, his daughter, Denise, um, uh, has been a, a former guest on this podcast. That's a great listen as well. Um, go check that one out. And obviously we talk about... Um, you know, I first saw Adrian uh, supporting Blur, and so we talk about um, some of his uh, work that he's done with Blur, and we touch on a, an amusing story about um, Queens of the Stone Age. It's a lovely chat um, with, with, with a really sweet human being, and uh, and it will be starting as soon as I finish me thank yous. So, so big thanks um, to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, and always the biggest thanks go to you lot for continuing to support, listen, um, and, and send me nice messages about the podcast. So, yeah, for all you listeners, um, the biggest thanks always go your way. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track podcast, then um, when you get to the end of today's um, Ace Chat with Adrian, go explore the back catalogue. Go check out uh, Denise Sherwood's episode. It's a great listen. Um, and you can hear me talking to um, musicians, producers, producers such as Fatboy Slim, Butch Fig, um, musicians as diverse as, oh, God, Motley Crue to Foo Fighters to Suede to Idols. Oh, there's bundles. Um, loads of your favourite actors and, 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 you know, comedians such as... James Acaster and Maisie Adam, Ed Gamble. So, yeah, there's there's bucket loads in the back catalogue. I think almost 400 episodes now. So uh, you can go and listen to them all for free. Um, all I ask is that um, you give us a little like, love, share or follow on the socials. That 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 all helps. And, uh, and if you want even more content, then I put up loads of video episodes, loads of mixtapes and radio shows and exclusive episodes over on my Patreon. And that'll cost you a dollar a month. So that's 79p a month and you get loads of weekly content over there and essentially you're supporting the podcast. So with all of that done, oh, your one-stop shop for all of that is offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, I know why you're here and it's not for me pitching me Patreon at you, it's for this. So please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Adrian Sherwood. 
Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Adrian Sherwood, how are you today, mate? Yeah, can't complain, Stu. Very nice, lovely day, and looking forward to the the madness of the month ahead. Wonderful. So. Well, look, before we even get on to your playlist, what, what's the month ahead? <clears throat> well, we've got. Um, we started the On You Sound label in 1980, the very end of 1980. And we were going with um, the release of the fadeaway single with Learn a Language on the other side. And then we were going to celebrate um, October over two years ago, two years ago, the, the 40th anniversary party. And obviously with the COVID, et cetera, et cetera, got cancelled once, twice. And now on the 30th of this month, we're having a party um, at the Forum, which is where we always used to do where it was formerly the Town and Country Club, the Forum in Kentish Town. So that's, the, that's Saturday the 30th of April. And we've got um, like a kind of little bit reunited. It's, it's never going to happen, this gig. We've got Horace Andy coming, because we've just done a great album with him, which I'm very proud of. Uh, Tackhead, for the first time in over a decade, with Mark Stewart and the Mafia. Uh, Creation Rebel. Um, African Head Charge. Jebloy Nichols, uh, Tessa Pollitt DJing. My daughter Denise is coming doing a tune, which she doesn't. She uh, she made a beautiful album that's uh, not that well known, but I'm very pleased with as well. And also, hopefully, Rita Mora um, is going to be joining us. Loads of guests, Daddy Freddie. It's going to. It's a big 40th anniversary party. Anyway, that's the the thing. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, <clears throat> for people that want to learn more about um, your daughter, Denise, she uh, she guested on this podcast about two years ago, and it's a wonderful episode. So you can go and hear um, uh, Denise chatting about her, her life and career within uh, music, and it's, uh, it's a wonderful listen. But today we're about, um, we're about Adrian Sherwood. So I'm going to kick off the playlist uh, and ask you, please, to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please, Adrian. <laughs> well, when I was asked that question, I, as a kid, I was always a fan of all the um, the reggae tunes with um, mad intros, you know, yeah. like, uh, and this one isn't a mad intro. I really like it for several reasons. I'm trying to turn this blooming phone off so it doesn't ring. I can't get my, t- my nail in it. <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, song I've chosen is Black Man Time by Iroy. 
because at the beginning of this tune, I always talking to a, a young lad you know, on the street and it's all about, it was one of those times where you know, in America they had all the brilliant black exploitation movies and the, um, you, you know, the, 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 the wonderful kind of empowerment for black people. And also in Jamaica, you had the Garveyist movements, whatever, and it was uh, a, a great time. It was all, you know, respect to my brother, my sister, respect this. And um, the, the Jamaican uh, chat that's going on in that one, it's the songs about black man time, you know, improvement and everything. And it starts off where he's chatting to a youth about like, you know, about things and the kids bigging him up saying how he likes tubbies and all this. And then he asks him for 10 cents to buy a spliff. I <laughs> Roy says to him, well, he says, I don't really support that, but if it's food, I'll give you food for thought. Here you go. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's just to me, it was my favourite uh, intro. Do you know, you know the, are you familiar with the song? I have, when I got your list over. I hadn't heard it before, but uh, I, I've listened through uh, ahead of this. Oh, what, also, a, what a song, what a song. You know, It's a beautiful a little string arrangement as well in there, isn't there? Tune is, that tune's one heavy tune. It's a brilliant tune. Lovely, lovely. Um, when, I, I also kind of am interested and certainly for somebody that's that, that, that works in the field of music that 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 you're most known for like how do you because when when i speak to people that make i guess more commercial pop music there's so much emphasis on nowadays on getting that intro and, and having everybody pulled in within the first two seconds because attention spans of you know are rapidly getting shorter i just wonder what's the sort of creative process for you when when working on music, like and essentially, the the, the intro. Well, it certainly isn't. It certainly isn't that world, you know. Of I, I um, I've never really, I, honest to honest, I've only ever made tunes for myself or with my mates or to you know to, to do. I mean, obviously, I've done loads and loads of jobs, which is usually to prop up my label, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the 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 uh, that process to me, you know, I've watched great songwriters like the Bee Gees in that, you know, a film, I saw a film about them where they're working over, you know, over and over again on line after line after line, pre-chorus, chorus, this. And I know some people who I really respect who are fantastic songwriters who actually labour for hours about the structure, you know, yeah. obviously you've got to write a structure for a song. That just isn't my world. I, I just, I'd write, you know, I like, you know, I'm not like a proper musician or, you know, when I write songs, I maybe do B lines or choruses or things yeah. myself. I'm not really like a proper, um, you know, songwriter. I, I respect the art of it, but I'd never go in that process. What mine would be if, if say, one of the people I work with, Mark Stewart, Jeb Nichols, LSK, or Horace, or anybody's written a good song, we just go about uh, how we how we record it, and then we work on the arrangements and structures. But it's not a, you know, a contri A lot of people are just literally, it's a formulaic thing, even down to the key and everything. Yeah. And it's like I walk in, you know, if I'm going in curries or in the supermarket or some of the music's playing, I can listen to the tunes and are probably the same as a lot of other musicians or producers like myself. You know, you can hear what's going to happen next. You can hear <clears throat> the, the uh, way it's constructed, particularly because it's digitally played. It hasn't got the charm of the old school stuff, yeah. you know. And that applies to reggae as much as anything else because it's all largely programmed. And when I hear something that's got charm in it, that's all I'm trying to instill in in my productions is I'm fighting really hard to make it not sound 
like that formulaic. Yeah. But although it will do to a lot of ears, obviously if it's a, a traditional, you know, an, a traditional song, it's a um, anyway. It's something I, I, I respect people who are great songwriters. And in the old days, you had teams. You know, at Motown, you'd have a mm. team of writers, and so they they took it. Or, you know, Stock Aitken Waterman or whoever. Yeah. You know, they were teams writing to, to to be successful. And you know, I suppose I'm a bit of a jerk. Like I, I wasn't really thinking about being. Honestly, wasn't thinking I've got to try and do this formula to try and make some money. To people used to say it to me, oh, "Why don't you make a hit and then you can finance and do what you really want to do." I just kept thinking what we were doing was great and would sell ten times as much as it did. <laughs> yeah. you know, I never thought about song str- songs as a contrived thing to, you know, equal equal, you know, equal the jackpot or something. Of course, of course. Let's take you back, and for track two, uh, I'm going to ask you, please, Adrian, to tell me the song that you remember hearing. Uh, that the, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Well, I've listed, um, I used to go out for the gimmicky records. I used to love all the rude reggae records, yeah. all the kind of, you know, the good little dance tunes, the scar and everything. And then I heard, I was in the club and I heard Bob Andy's Life. And I thought, wow, that just really resonated with me. And I, I, I was lucky enough to know Bob Andy and meet him a few times. And what an artist, what a great songwriter. And that song, um, that and Fade Away Junior Biles were just kind of monumental well, I'd started really checking the lyrics, you know, with previously would sit at home and like, you know, listen to stuff and whatever. And when I heard those tunes, um, those songs that, 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 yeah, great, great, uh, great songwriters. Great. Where, where was home growing up, mate? Well, I was born in um, London, but then I lived in um, Farnham Road, Britwell Slough. And then when I was nine, I moved to the area of High Wycombe. And so, so really, my formative years were all in and around High Wycombe. How was that? I like, I like High Wycombe. I mean, the people there are a bit of um, kind of, you know, all my friends from Wycombe are solid, you know, and I grew up with people like Clem Bushy and that, you know, I've listed further in my, down my list. And we had a, a good community of... Um, folk from you know my school was multiracial which is a, is a blessing you know there were uh jamaicans largely vincentians though st vincent there are italian extract irish pakistani sikh hindi you know there was like it was a mixed school and um i thank god it was you know and, and uh we, we had a, it was good little crews and little bonds and people were fighting all that that racist thing and um you know, I, I felt I felt it was a good place, you know, good place for me to grow up. To go back to your track, uh, I asked you um, to tell me the first song that um, you had an emotional re- reaction to. If you had to pinpoint the emotion that that record gave you, what would it have been? A positive one. That's good. Positive emotion, because it was like it's very upful life, Bob Andy. If everything in life is like, we'd have to fight. You know, you know, and I, I could have listed "You Don't Know" because "You Don't Know" is is a very deep song that operates on about three different levels. You know, whereas you think they're they're talking down, you know, putting the guy down, and then they also start responding where they say, you know, people will never know of the joys you share with your ghetto kin. Yeah. You're tired of rich happenings, and that's a brilliant line. Tired of rich happenings, one of uh, 
one of um, Bob Andy's lyrics, and I think everybody's pretty tired of rich happenings. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. That's a different song, mind you, but like, <laughs> yeah. when I heard Life, I, I, I was just like, you know, it was, it was like life affirming. It was really, really yeah. powerful. I think I was about 14 or something when I heard that. I'm going to stay in the formative years for, for track three, uh, and I'm going to ask you, Adrian, to tell me. To- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Well, we grew up with, um, I could have, I could have cited loads. Um, I just think you've quite a, an upful mad one was ride a white swan T-Rex or, you know, I could have listed loads, you know, we were growing up and I I could have listed some of the Motown songs, you know, I could listed Michael Jackson, you know, Ben, when we were the same age, you know, and hearing those songs and, um, but, but I I just think T-Rex, the T-Rex, Mark Mark Bowling was this kind of, uh, you know, flamboyant. I love Deborah. and all those and all those other songs you know and um that was just kind of this this bounce little pop tune i I, I kind of uh it didn't fall into the things i got into later all the kind of uh funk and reggae things that took out for a long time we were going to funk dances and onto reggae places in luton you know and stuff and i could have listed any of those tunes or any of the reggae ones but in the middle with the pop world, you know, you've got, you had great things. I, I don't like to say it like the glitter band and, yeah. you know, and, and all this, you know, those tunes were, 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 you know, rock and roll and all that. Although it's like hush, hush name. I should mention it. But. Well, it, it's strange. You, so many people reference, you know, uh, you know, the bands like that and the sweet and things like that. And, and unfortunately, like, I don't know if it's unfortunate or not, blah, but obviously there's, there's so much, you, you know, people don't like to mention his name anymore, but, them songs, some of them songs are absolute crackers, and uh, and yeah, you know the the, the, the if you 
separate the the music from the artist then uh, oh, yeah, yeah no no oh, despicable you know yeah. despicable cre- creepy horrible mm. i'm just saying but that was what we we got yeah with, of and, course and in those days it was also a lot of creepy despicable stuff going on you yeah. know where yeah attitudes to women to people of you know who were different you know it was uh it was it wasn't you know some great time the 70s you yeah know. well you, you mentioned sort of like some of the, the glam acts then like how much of a uh, <clears throat> impact did, did punk have on you adrian well i was already immersed in so immersed in the reggae scene that we you know we we did gigs i, I did gigs with jar wash at the vortex uh i was down the hundred club my my friend from high wickham ron watts who actually we started a little label and a little shop with when I was 17, I was a junior partner. Ron was the promoter for Tuesday nights at the 100 Club. And Thursday nights was Ron and Nanda, an old Jewish couple who promoted the reggae. And um, so to me, I was listening to the punk, uh, um, you know, so-called punk, new wave, call it what you like. Mm. It was worth my cup of tea, quite honestly. Sure. But I loved the actual... Um, so that sounds really dismissive just saying that because I got to appreciate the, the, everything a bit later. But at the mm. time, we'd be going there and it'd be like everyone pogoing away. It was like a madhouse, people spitting on at the bands. It, you know, we did gigs where people were trying to spit at us and, they, you know, our guitarist kicked somebody in the face because they were spitting at him. Mm. And we weren't exactly me thinking, wow, I love this, I can tell you. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. you know, and, but we did gigs all the time. So I went. To, I actually went there to a load of the gigs and I found it really like, oh, wow, this is mental. I like it from for the wrong reasons. Sure. I weren't thinking, oh, this, this music is great, you know. And um, But looking back, you can see which ones were great you know, and, and how great, like the Pistol songs were and some of the Clash songs and whatever. We, you know, um, but I think it was... In, 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 it's so important and what, what it did, you know, and, the, and every aspect of it, the implications of like, you know, do it yourself things, yeah. we could do anything. And also the fact that the, a lot of the crowd totally related to the reggae as well, mm. you know, a good portion of them because of the, you know, the message in a lot of the reggae music. And then John Lydon, you know, you'd see John would be down at, um, and other, other bands, you know, Billy Idol or whatever might, come down on a Thursday night to the 100 Club for the reggae shows, they wouldn't certainly be going out and hanging out on a Tuesday night. Yeah. You know, they'd be going to the reggae ones. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I, don't, I was uh, there or thereabouts and witnessed it all, but, um, you know. And just going back to, to, to school, was that an enjoyable experience? Well, school for everybody has its ups and downs. Yeah, school sure. was fine for me. I had um, some very dear friends who are still, I still got, you know, my best friend from school from when I was 12. I still speak to all of, you know, every month. He's, he's a painter and decorator. And my other mate, Gilbert, who, whose sister, I used to sit in Jean's room listening to the reggae, blessing me past. But I've still got, you know, a couple of friends from, from my very early years, you know, and I'm um, proud of that, really. And, you know, I, um, my my school days. I think everyone has, you know, you 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 go you go through puberty, growing up, having a few scraps, having to find a little set of mates, and now I look back at my school days quite quite fondly. That was a good time, and also we we were all obsessed with music and buying records, and you know that was. A... Did you did you have any idea what you wanted to do when you was at school? 
Well, I was DJing from when I was 13 at school. We used to take over the science lab at lunchtime to raise money for the old people's thing, you know, for our people's Christmas party that we did. Yeah. And then uh, we, we, there was a club in town and the owner who's like, because I didn't have a father, my, my dad died when I was five and he, he kind of took me under his wings and said, come on, do you fancy doing uh, Joe Farkerson? And he had a club called the Newlands Club, which is actually where many years later Rodigan did his first ever gig. Right. And because uh, he was from Oxford and Joe said, let's do Saturday afternoons. And within a year or so, we were doing Saturday afternoons, Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings and uh, opening early on in the evening before the main act. So just while it was coming in, we'd get like a couple of quid or whatever. And then Emperor Roscoe, Dave Lee Travis, um, Johnny Walker, Steve Bernard, whoever would be playing whatever that night. And I, that and Joe, would, it was Joe who brought me into the record business, to be honest with you. I got, you know, I just was very lucky. Yeah. I'm a complete chancer who took his, you know. But, but I was very passionate about, you know, the, the music and, um, you know, our, our little Roadrunner disco was um, my starting point uh, from the school lab to the Newlands Club. Then we're doing things at the town hall. And by the time I was 17, I'd finished. I didn't yeah. start DJing again until I did um, Never Trust a Hippie. Yeah. And then I started DJing just because people were saying, your name's on the front cover, come and do something. But I didn't DJ from being 17 till um, I did that album. Although I just did front of house live mixing dub shows, you know. I mean, our, not dub shows, our concerts. Saying that you was, you know, DJing from 13 to 17, you know, to, to audiences and such, was you a, a confident kid? Um, not overly, I think. No, not overly. Probably, you know, just... Um, Grinning all the time at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. And then when, the weed, then when you got into the weed, when I was about 15, I was just grinning even more. My, my, eyes, were a bit, my eyes were closed a bit. <laughs> Wonderful. Right, I'm going to ask you for track four, Adrian, to tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store, please. Right, well, this is, uh, this, this is a funny one. The... the, the, the I think the first thing I remember as buying was actually Joe ran a market store. And I couldn't, honestly, I know it sounds terrible, I can't remember the first record. But I think one of the first records was, we heard um, Hijacked by Joe Gibbs playing. Um, and I used to love the gimmicky records. And, you know, things like Census Taker, Rupee Edwards, and To The Fields, Bongo Herman, and all these ones that had little intros to them, or uh, The Law by Andy Capp. So it was one of those ones, but I think it might have been hijacked by by Joe Gibbs around, around 1970. And for somebody that uh, I, I guess that the the, the 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 genres that you work in, I guess in the UK in regards to record shops, you're looking at more sort of independent record stores to get to get music back then. Like, just talk about. From like your your relationship. There weren't any really then. There weren't any that many. There, 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 there were there was a shop. There was a couple of shops in town. Sorry, you, they, you were they were independent, yeah. but they're still stocking a lot of the mainstream mm. stuff. The specialists were mainly um, in market stalls or or in London. You know, yeah. Big and so, what was your relationship with like the the independent record store? And, and I guess essentially, as you say, like 
you know, going to, to, to those markets to find those sort of, you know, something more specialist that you're not going to get in a HMV? Well, my relationship when I was 12, 13, 14 was not, what, nothing. I just stood there listening because it was good at the reggae once store because they'd be playing the music. It'd be like a DJ playing off one turntable and then people stick their hands up and buy something. And um, so I, I, I wasn't like kind of analyze, you know, no one analyzed anything. It was just, I want to get that. And then people would sit in their house with a little record player in a little box and um, you sit in your bedroom in a box with your little box record player and put, put seven singles or eight and then they just automatically play one after another like a jukebox for you. Uh, and that's what we did. And I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do anything. I just, um, I just was like a little, cons- you know, little buy whatever I liked. I bought pop tunes. I bought, you know, um, I remember buying Rod Stewart tunes and um, I remember Python Lee Jackson in A Broken Dream or uh, I remember I remember John Tongas and I like Mungo Jerry. You know, I had all the seven inches alongside them, though. I had uh, all the soul tunes, the Tamla. And what happened, I kept buying reggae and really liking it. I loved buying the Rude records and then the, the ones with the funny intros. And eventually I got into the singers and then um, as the years passed, I just kept liking that. And the other ones less meant less and less to me. And, and, and you said that when you got to sort of 17, you, your friend got you involved in the sort of music industry. And, and I, I touched on confidence a moment ago, Adrian. I just want to know that we're sitting here now and, and, and you know, your career's as strong as ever. And, and it's... It's never easy to, you know, you've, you've chosen an industry which is one of the most cutthroat and difficult and tough industries to to have any success, let alone maintain success. So I just want to know, aside from sort of confidence, like, would you say that, like, you're you're quite driven? Oh, yeah, totally. I know I am, 100%. No, I, 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 um, I don't give up. That's the thing. And if I think I'm doing the right thing, I don't, I feel, you know, I've never had to run away from anybody or hide. People who know me can still reach me. A lot of people have had to change their numbers and whatever, you know. <laughs> That's like, it's, it's trying to run the business is the most difficult thing. You're, you're, you're trying to deal with looking after the business, and I'm not the greatest at it. So I was always quite happy when someone else dealt with the business. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be able to make the records I wanted to make. So yeah. I, I'm very driven, and I also don't um i don't get, you know give up i want to keep going till i can get things to the level i think they need to be and luckily i've got like the, my manager ray and my friends like bobby and loads of others you know they they're not kind of sycophantic they could come it could be better it could be better and push me as well so as a matter of you know i've got a good uh set of people around me good family and i, I like to think the friends i have um help me as well and on top of that I don't, like I said I don't, I don't give up so not yet anyway <laughs> <laughs> um I just want to talk about something that because Denise brought it up when she was on the podcast as well and it's the first time that I'd seen you I, I, I saw you probably early 2000s on tour with Blur um <laughs> Like, how did that come about? Because, you know, obviously, I, I, I know you'd remixed, uh, it was Death of a Party, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I, that, that just, I mean, I, I think Damon was aware of us, so some of the band, and they said, oh, we need to support acts. We don't want to bring a whole band 
They said, oh, let's get um, Sherwood on the thing. So I brought Ghetto Priest and Den doing a little one tune, kind of bluffing it on a tune because she had to see how much she wanted it. Den really an interested in the record business. You know, she's yeah. a psychotherapist. She's mm. very good as well. She's not really interested in the music so much. She, she, she came and that tour kind of probably made her decide hell. And it's literally the agents chatted out. My agent said, oh, look, you know, who books the gigs? And he said, look, you know, blur, blur up for having you doing support acts. Little did I know that Blur fans hate reggae, most of them. <laughs> they do. They're, they're like, it's a split camp. The Blur tour was, was, I enjoyed it. We took Ghetto Priest with us, you know, um, who sings with ADF, who's like my friend, and he's, he's a kind of underrated artist as well. He made a couple of very good records. And um, the crowd, you know, it was quite clear, and they'd given us quite a long slot to do, like an hour and a half or something. That's, you know, that's long for like, a support, isn't it? Well, yeah, whatever. The, 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 long, the worst one was when I supported Queens of the Stone Age. And they had me doing two and a half hours with the crowd that was like, that was a, <laughs> that was a mental one. And, and, it, and in stadiums, like, I did that one as well. But, um, and they clearly hated me, you know. But I was, I was, I was playing, uh, David Holmes gave me some tunes as well, so I didn't just play, a, you know, a reggae. So I, t- I tailored it my best, but it was just too long. Yeah. If I did an hour, I'd have been fine. But the, the Blur fans are really weird. They, I think, you know, the Gorillas. I don't think their fans particularly like Blur. There must be, there will be obviously some percentage crossover that love everything Damon Albarn does. But um, wow, that was that was something else. That was very very hard. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if Denise said to you that was not an easy. <laughs> 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 but things like that, and, and and things like um like the remix work and that, you know, and uh, you know, there's there's a, there's a obviously a huge list of who's who's of who you've uh, of worked with. Is, is some of them sort of projects like the remixing uh, and 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 some of the the the, the tour supports? Is, is that things that you kind of wipe the pro? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. In terms of like, well, look, I can, you know, the, the money from that can be something that can help sort of, you know, with the label and things like that. Is, is, what, yeah. like, is that how the kind of, how it works? Well, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say, but look, obviously when I'm doing something, I always think if I can add something to somebody's work. I, sometimes people come to me and, I was offered things that were hugely successful and didn't do them because I thought what they'd played me was really good. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to kind of, well, if I tell you this, it sounds mad, but I can name a few things that um, I was offered. And I thought, well, it sounds really good as it is. And I visualized the person who put it together as somebody who's not really well known or whatever. And, then they suddenly pushed them out of the way and give the job to somebody else. And I won't name names, but I turned a few things down that sold absolutely mega amounts. And then I did other things where I thought, well, I can improve that. I'll do this. Yeah. And um, I, I did it, though, you know, primarily to get um, to keep uh, on you ticking over. Yeah. You know, I put all the money for everything always into the the bin on you to try and. Um, Try try and improve the label and keep it going, you know. Yeah. But I don't. I haven't got regrets really. I mean, I, I, some things I should have done, I didn't, and then other things I perhaps could have done a better job on. But people usually got me in and thought it started in a time when you could release seven format versions of a tune. Yeah. Pink vinyl, red vinyl, something with a silly cover, all the same mix for collectors and people were, you know, were gullible enough to buy all three versions who were a hardcore fan of whoever. Uh, and then they'd say, Oh, let's get Adrian in to do a wacky, weird remix, you know? And this was where I was a lot of the time throughout the eighties, not doing the main version. They'd get me in to do the, um, the quirky yeah. messed up version <laughs> to, to help push it into the charts a bit more. Yeah. You know? Well, it's my lot in life. You know. <laughs> the, quirky, the quirky weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanna, we've, we've spoken about DJ at a young age, but um, I, I want to talk about clubbing a little bit now for track five, mate, and ask you um, to tell me the song, uh, if you had to pick one that really soundtracked your years clubbing. Well, well, my years clubbing wasn't in the 90s or anything. I'm talking mm. my first years I went clubbing. I used to go to soul clubs mm-hmm. or reggae clubs after or blues parties after with my uh, West Indian friends. And we'd, but we'd start off going on a bus over to Luton or to Dunstable to like the California ballrooms, which was brilliant. Or, or um, there's, there's quite a few, there were quite a few other venues we went to. And I used to love things like, you know, the, I just keep, I got you by Joe Tex or the funky yeah. chicken, you know, Rufus Thomas. And these tunes were just, were things just kept coming up and up when I was going clubbing, you yeah. know. Um, I could cite James Brown's Sex Machine or quite a lot. There's no kind of one, you know, Gloria Gaynor type anthem or something yeah. that, that comes to mind. But um, all three of them my, tracks have got killer intros. Yeah. That Joe Tex one's a cracking intro. Yeah. Yeah. You knew that tune before. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I could go on and on. We used to go to the Northern Soul Club in Farnham, and I wasn't even a Northern Soul fan, you know, Afternoon at the Rhino and all those tunes. And I can't, I can't even remember all the things. I, I used to go with my mates and check that out, go in their car. Before, you know, I didn't have a licence when I was, I was first going out. And 
my mum, bless her, I used to say I was staying at Trevor's house. And, <laughs> and there weren't mobiles in those days. One, one weekend I didn't come back because we got stuck in Luton. And I think I was in my friend Errol Morris's little Anglia. We were sleeping in the back of it. And um, I, I didn't speak to her from the Friday and it was a Sunday. And by the time I got home, half the Thames Valley police were looking for me. <laughs> my mum, bless her heart, she was like worried sick about her, uh, her only child that she had, you know, so it was like... Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That was, that was, that was you know, Dunstable was our go-to place, and those tunes, um, anyway, those tunes, I just, I just like them, so that's yeah. why I mentioned them. I, I don't really have, like, a kind of, oh, my favourite dance anthems, mm. is that... No, it's not got to be a dance anthem, it's literally, like, wherever you went my to, to, to party, day, yeah. like, whatever, whatever you know, was the tune that you loved. Well, I got you and Funky Chicken, you know, they were just quite, quite joyous. Yeah, quite... massively. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to take you home for track six. Uh, Favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Well, it's really funny. My, my home county was Buckinghamshire. Yeah. My accent's Bucks. People think I'm from East London, but it's a complete Bucks accent. And um, it's really funny. I was trying to think, God... It's really funny, Howard Jones. Right? He's High Wickham, isn't he? Yeah, but his dad was my maths teacher at college. Really? A little fella, yeah, he's a little fella. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, it was really funny. It was, uh, uh, it was because I failed my maths and I had to do, I had to do maths again because I was going to do A-levels and I left after a year and he was my maths teacher and his son had just started making tunes and he said... Brilliant. Um, I'm thinking, well... You know who? I mean, also, also, Osabisa lived there. Teddy, Ossie, and mm-hmm. um, and Sucker was my mate from the town. He played percussion on Starship Africa for me, and I was thinking, you know, well, I could, I could have lived. So, but then I have to say that my friend, who weirdly lives about a hundred yards from me here, is the great Clem Bushy. Are you familiar with Clem? I'm not. No. Well, Clem Bushy basically is a producer, but he's also an artist. He's put out singing records. He also plays guitar and everything. But he um, he, he, and Dennis Bavell created Lover's Rock. He produced all the kind of great Louisa Mark records. Oh, really? Um, and on and on and on. He's a very interesting guy. And he's done everything from that. But he, he also did a real seminal album, Patti Smith's favourite album at the time, Man of Warrior, Tapazuki. So I would I would have to give a big up to from Bucks uh, Clem Clem Bushy, by the label Bush Ranger. And uh, yeah, <coughs> excuse me. He had um, he was he was proper. You know, in our town, you know, when we were down the Newlands, everyone looked up to Clem. And I, and uh, you know, he's my friend now. He's, he, he lives in Ramsgate, yeah. <laughs> on 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 the green right by me. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. For the last track. Adrian, um, it's an opportunity to turn someone onto something that you think they uh, are unaware of. And it's a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Right, well, this, this tune, I came across it. Some, a, French, a French friend who, who ran a, the, the radio station, Radio Nova, introduced it to me. He's passed as well. What a great man. And he, the, 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 song, the song is um, called Cadia Blues by Orchestra de Palette. And it's... Um, have you have you played it? I have, yeah. Had you heard it before? I hadn't, no. Well, there you go. What do you think of it? I thought it was glorious. Yeah, it's a stunning bit of, bit of thing. And that's from 1961. Yeah. 
or six, I think 61, 62. And it's just like, whoa, that is, that, that, that tune just, um, I just, funny, I've done gigs and I thought there's a really messed up vibe in the gig. You know, it's like, not messed up, but it wasn't quite right in the gig. And I'm finishing after a band that's played and I've got to do, a, 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 they don't want just the whole reggae set and I'm, or I can do what I like really, but I'm thinking, okay, what we do to settle this? And I just go on and put that on. Yeah. And I got my noise pad and a couple of effects. And before, you know, and after that tune, I'd slam it, slam in like a kind of really powerful tune. Um, but I'd, I'd use that to set on a really odd festival kind of uh, thing. Yeah. And it always worked because it would just, and I'm not even play it too loud. It would just go, oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then yeah. off you go, you know. Lovely. Well, we make it easy for people to, to, to go and explore uh, that because we put together a little uh, online um, playlist where people can go and check out all the the records um, that you've chosen today, Jen. And and as this year's kind of gathering pace and we're, we're, we're getting close to summer already, we're getting glimpses of sunshine and such, um, we're out of lockdown, which is, which, is, which is lovely. You know, clubs and festivals and tours and everything seems to be getting back up to speed. What what are you looking forward to personally from the rest of this year, mate? And and what's going to be happening uh, professionally? I'm looking forward to the conflict in the Ukraine ending. I drove out there no, about got... two weeks ago and uh, I'd done a, an aid run. I went out to the, oh, bless the, you. the, 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 the border. And uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I can't talk about, not that, but I can't talk about that conflict enough because it feels that like other things are starting to be put above that on the news now and things that really aren't that important seem to be getting put above that at the moment and it's like that shit out there is really really bad and i got uh, i i i just uh you know it's just kind of uh history repeating itself and you're looking at oh my god and you know, I've got one of my other dear Ukrainian friend here, and he's in—he's just like in bits. He's not really functioning properly, and I don't—I mean, forgetting having a Ukrainian. I'm blessed I've got a Ukrainian friend, but I mean that just—and I've got so many Polish friends. My best friend at school was Polish English. You know, talk about days and I Wickham, and it's—you uh, know—you uh, know, my 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 father was. Uh, um, in the Second World War, he died when I was five, but he was uh, um, Royal Corps of Signals. And my granddad, bless him, was uh, a, was an Irish orphan, and he he was a captain in the medics in the First World War. And this is just like, you know, what are we watching here? Perpetual war without end, or something, you know. So anyway, that's me on a cheerful note. <laughs> but you know, no, no, absolutely. Any, any like, opportunity you know, to just, raise more. Uh, attention to what's going on. Well, there I mean, it's not, you feel so helpless, and everyone's just like, thinking, oh, we're for safe, you know, I hope we can keep the heat, you know, keep the lights on, you know, and it's just like, I think everyone's a little bit, you know, in, in this uh, almost a daze at the moment, not to, of such uncertain times. Absolutely. And Denise said in her song, and it's like, um, you know, I think the music and a bit of people un- uniting together and you know, the, is, 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 is not a bad thing. So, but, 100%. but you can, you can, um, I just, uh, everyone's in a little bit of a fog at the moment and, uh, it's difficult. Mm. 
that's my so I hope, hope this gets resolved. Absolutely. As, as I do with the Yemenite situation and, um, you know, on and on, we're just... Yeah. Anyway, God, I'd sound like a misery. And, and professionally, we've got lots of exciting things happening there, as you touched on at the beginning. Yeah, well, very importantly, this this um, week, last week, we saw the release of um, Horace Andy's Midnight Rocker, which I'm very, very proud of, and it's it's smashing it up. It's It's... It's an absolutely brilliant album. It's his best album, he reckons, as well. And he's, he's delighted with it. Midnight Rocker was released on Friday. And we've got coming up a celebration of the label with this party on the um, the 30th of April, 22, which is the delay, 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 delayed um, on your sound 40th yeah. party. <laughs> so get on down there and... Absolutely. And if people want to keep up to speed with the label and, and, and everything you're up to, where's the best place to, to, to keep up to speed? It's on Usound website. There's an on Usound website and information all over the place. So just type in on Usound or whatever, and I think it will, all, it will, it will come to you if you're interested. And there's, a, there's another album released this month, Pay It All Back Volume 8, which is the eighth in the series. And that's a stunner as well. Very, very good. That's um, coming out to coincide with the date at the end of this month. Wonderful. Adrian, it's been a real joy talking records with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure. There you go. Adrian Sherwood, what a lovely human being. Um, Really great chat. Um, Go check out uh, the On You website and find out uh, about all of the uh, exceptional projects that that Adrian's currently working on and and just go check out the back catalogue of his work because there's some serious stuff to get lost in there. you know, it's uh, it's some fantastic and uh, and the remixes go if you want to get your quirky and weird on uh, as as by his uh, he's very sane himself. Uh, he was the quirky uh, weird guy to get the, uh, the the quirky weird remixes done by. So uh, so go and check out uh, some of Adrian's remixes as well. Um, I'll put a few on the the Spotify playlist alongside um, as many of the tracks that Adrian chose that actually have work on on Spotify. I think there was maybe one, possibly two that didn't, um, but there's still uh, a bundle of stuff to go and listen to on um, Adrian's playlist over on Spotify. Right. I think we're done. As mentioned at the beginning, everything you need to know about merch and social medias and Patreon and everything else, it's all on one page. It's a really simple website. You just click on it and it's just got big, pretty pictures and you click it and it takes you to wherever you need to go. Nice and simple. Um, www off the beat and track podcast.com i'm back next time um be lovely to each other in the meantime um much love bye-bye it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network you've made stew with him Eat it, boy.